0: Bye. Uh-huh. Uh, really just all all things A7 this episode again and uh, with that I'm going to let Dale take it away.
1: It's an honor to have you on the show. Um, I always love playing against you. You're one of my favorite guys to play against. You are an absolute stud on as an interior and exterior offensive lineman and as a nose on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you kill it every time you go. You got passion, you got aggression, you got uh, outwardly human strength uh welcome to the show sir how are you feeling today oh man i'm feeling really good you know
2: like can't complain starting to warm up a little bit here man it's been colder it can be lately
1: oh yeah man you're absolutely right we're just kind of starting to get out of that crazy cold spell that we just had we had like six or eight uh inches of snow here in the cincinnati area here on uh uh, late, late ended late into the winter months uh as, as one may say so we're getting closer to the a7fl seasons we're about i want to say about 60 maybe 62 61 days away at this current point in time um, so what we're hoping to see is um, a lot of aggression coming from the covington heist side of the ball this upcoming season but in order to understand what brought them to this point, Josh, I'd like for you to give us a little bit of a history behind the the heist and what uh, the heist was before they were the heist. So, sir, if you could please take the floor and kind of give us a shout out and uh, let us know what's happening here.
2: Yeah, sure. No, no problem, man. Uh, so the heist originally started out as an arena football team called the Warbirds. My buddy, Josh Bolzer, who I grew up with for a long time, reaches out to me. He's like, hey, he's like, starting this football team. I was like, all right, what the hell does that have to do with me? And he says, well, I, I don't really know much about starting a football team or I don't really know much about football either. And he's like, you know, he played football for a long time. He's like, would you feel free to come out and help out a little bit? I came out there and then, uh, you know, it was pretty much just a wreck to start off with. We didn't have much of a roster. We had to print out. And then uh, we got some guys, we got some coaches. I uh, got to meet Brent and we started developing this thing, man. Uh, at that time, when we're going to the Arena Football League, which sort of, you know, I'm sure most lot of Arena Football Leagues are pretty disorganized, especially in a small ball, we were presented with an opportunity. To join the A7FL, they said we like what you guys have going on. You're organized, and
1: that that and that arena ball, that arena ball, that was a former league. Correct? Was it a league that kind of yeah. disbanded? And then as you were looking into getting the squad into another league, another division, this—if I'm not mistaken, this is what what you found, right? Yeah. This
2: was yes, uh, this was a league that, uh, that was just disbanding. Had a lot of times communication. Game schedules knocked down a lot of teams. A lot of teams have problems that, and there's a leagues of getting teams together. Uh, no, they didn't lock down, and then so we're looking for a home and we're looking for a new place to play arena. You know, I got this opportunity from uh, Joseph Perez. He messaged me. He's like, "Hey, he's like, you want to join the A7FL?" He's like, "What the hell is that?" He's like, "Well, imagine football, but I'm like, no pads." And I was like, "All right, I'll ask the guys." And I was like, "Hey guys, you want to go play in the A7FL stop Plat- pads?" And he's like, "Sure, why not?" And uh, that's pretty much just, that's what it is. And we joined right in. And it was a fun time. It was, it was really different to get used to without Pats,
1: Yeah. Really no, I, yeah, I, you're I'm absolutely calling. right. And I remember the very first time that we got to see you guys in action, uh, because I believe that you joined our division a couple weeks, maybe like a, a month uh, after we had officially formed ourselves as the QC Crush. And we all met over at Walnut Hills. High school on their auxiliary field, um, and under Coach Steve, he organized uh, like a scrimmage against us, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, starting to figure out exactly how sevens was being played, and you guys had a very large roster even at that point in time, right?
2: Large roster. Uh, it thinned out a little bit. I mean, there was a little bit of confusion from going from arena football to HMFL. You NFL. You can ask Brent. One of our first practices when we make the transition, we had a guy actually full show up in full pads. Full pads. And he's like, he's got that helmet on. He's got the shoulder pads on. Guys, like, I thought we were playing pads football. I'm like, no, no. He's like, you're playing non bad football. Of course, guy had no, no mercy. We're trying to get used to tackling for the first time. And I got to go tackle this guy in plain clothes. This guy. This <laughs>
0: He's, fucking split on. He's splitting heads with the fucking face mask. I'm over here like,
2: I'm standing, I'm standing there like, I ain't fucking doing this.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, Brent, Brent wow. At me
2: like, you know, you got to kill somebody, right? And I'm like, oh, hell stuff.
1: Oh, man, that is rich. Then
0: we had our practice at Walton Verona, and I, that was the end of Brent's mother's football career. Ooh. man, yeah. fortunately, part
2: of the leadership process was is that we uh, viewed it internally as you know that Lyman are a hard buck here. Uh, I turned over football operations to Harrison Henry and he is sort of like a founding father of the team. and you know, that's sort of, that's sort of where it developed into the history that we have and that's how we started is that uh, Harrison Henry for a lot of people in this league hate him love him. You know, he kept a good plan, keeping it organized, and I went right to the centerpiece of the line. You know. Fortunately, being above, having your line only being about a buck 50 pounds your first year is a big problem.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, that definitely um, that definitely was kind of an issue. Although you guys played big ball, you didn't quite have the size on the line yet. I don't believe what, what Jacob May was with your team that year, correct?
3: No, Jacob May was with us for our second year.
1: Yes, yes. So that's so you just it was pretty much just you as being a big dude on the line.
2: Yeah, even even in our second year, uh, Jacob was more, more defensively. We wanted to keep it that way so that way he could be fresh on the defense and I could be fresh in the offense. Uh, fortunately, that means me taking a lighter role on. Defense, which I mean, I'm sure you've realized. in My, in my first year it was more centerpiece to playing D tackle and nose tackles, like a run stuffer guy. Yeah, uh, we did a really good job against, I think, against some of the bigger teams at like the Snow Tribe. But unfortunately, uh, we just sort of decided that it's more
1: valuable to split our possessions with some of the linemen that we had. Yeah, you know, and
2: a lot of our guys follow that structure too.
1: And then, yeah, lead you leads you into getting through the first season and then taking you to the jersey game because think if you think about it think about it Brent really fucked something up for us all right Brent Brenton and them chaos guys they really fucked something up for us you know and in, in outer division games Ohio was undefeated uh, at least playing at home <laughs> But all it's all in good spirit. It's all in good spirit. So you well, face an extremely, dream, extremely talented team. So I digress. <laughs> uh, it's, it's,
2: it's so funny because, like, you sit there and you think about all that can be and you think about all that can come. And, you know, the first year was so competitive. You obviously had the heist and QC fighting it out. I mean, it was a dogfight. Now you have this year where it's the chaos and heist. Unfortunately, the QC took a little bit of a step back. Of course, losing your head coach, which we're going through right now, huge difference. I mean, you really can't blame anybody from taking a step back from that. But uh, coming into it, you know, it was crazy because the last year was the funnest season I've ever had where I sat there and it's like, these are the guys we want to beat. These are the guys we want to beat so bad. And I don't even know how they did that in the first year because when our first year, dude, we – We were just struggling to get guys to practice. I'm like, look, man, I will pick you out from wherever you work. I don't care if it's Taco Bell. I don't care if it's Columbus, man. Like, I will drive you there. We'll get in the back of my little Saturn Aurora. If it's five people, maybe. I had the whole line in my Saturn Aurora. We barely made up the hill. I remember that. (laughs) I went and picked them up each visit. I knocked on their door like three hours before practice. They hated me.
1: But those those are the things that keep a team together, man. It's a couple of guys that are willing to do that for the rest of the squad. Well, I mean, being a being
2: a captain was a uh, different this
3: year. I, I, yeah, don't touch his quarterback. Uh, yeah, don't touch my quarterback. Oh, don't. Oh, oh, God. We get that team the in
1: the we're, we're gonna, gonna get the T-shirt court. made for you, man. We'll sell it on. We'll sell it on the podcast T-shirt show.
2: Well, I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to touch my quarterback because Harrison just cannot shut his mouth.
1: <laughs> Harrison will get hit, and he's like that didn't hurt. I'm like, dude,
2: shut up! <laughs> I have to block that guy for the whole game. But uh, when they were voting captains, it was so crazy because I asked them, they they voted me, and Eric pulled me in, and he's talking about the voting, and he puts me in a group chat. He's like. Hey, they voted me in captains. And I said, you guys in captains. I said, this is a horrible idea. I am the worst person to be a captain. I nearly get ejected every damn game. i was like, this is a horrible idea. And he's like, everyone damn near voted for you. And I was like, why? I got in the chat, to told him, I'm like, you guys are idiots. You guys are idiots. But then, like, uh, learning from it and taking some coaching experience, I realized that in my role in being a captain, I was never going to be the face of a franchise. Uh, It's not as a lineman I'm not I'm not a very polished guy I had to figure out my role in being a captain and being a leader being the exact piece that fit when he needed it sometimes you need the guy to be the asshole in practice the guy that's gonna bruise you up tough you up that's gonna talk shit to you that's gonna get on your ass for not showing up and that's why I wasn't that role you guys you need the, the goofy Josh the funny Josh that's gonna laugh gonna give you a slap in the ass you know fuck around with you in practice and Sometimes you need to Josh. this. damn near going to get ejected when your QB gets hit out of bounds and he's feeling down on himself. You see my big ass run across him. runs a strong world but running across the Life field, that guy's face. Yeah, like a bottle. A little bit of a bottle.
3: When I get over
2: there, I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it's like, it's
1: like a weird <laughs> dude, you know, that, that, that cracks me up.
2: That's, a, that's what you figure out is like real quickly. Is like when you're not. The QB, when you're like an offensive line captain, you have to be what they need. You know, there's, that's, that was the thing that was different for me. You have to be sometimes a guy that's not going to be the friend. Sometimes you got to be the guy that's going to be the friend, but you got to be the glue. You know, and anybody that plays offensive line knows you're the glue. You're the bodyguard. You're the guy that Good keeps you together. Part of the field. Yeah, I take that. I take that very seriously. I mean, you guys know, it. don't touch my QB. That's
1: been my thing. I used to tell refs, I said, if you're not going to do your damn job, I'll make sure it gets done. Anyway, wow. So that's chilling. So strong man some with some strong words. <laughs>
0: John Clark, I think, is like 6'5", I'd say like 3'15".
1: Which I, I, I would say is a staple offensive line. That's that's pretty tough, you know. Um. But as as to where with that being said, you see spread types and also uh, run option, which is a lot of the things like especially like, say, say if Harrison wants to, you know, sit, sit this series out and see what Darrell going to do a quarterback this series. So like running the speed option or running just the play action, you know, whatever insert here. Um like, running different schemes with different quarterback sets is definitely something that, you're, that we're starting to see, at least, is becoming very important in the game. Two of the teams that were in uh, the final four, Well, no, three of the four Final Four teams that played right here in Cincinnati played it with du- a dual quarterback set. A traditional quarterback and a quarterback that was able to use their legs. So prove me where I'm wrong in saying that I genuinely believe, if not this year, next year, you're going to see probably every single team in our division with a dual quarterback set. I'd
2: say so. Traditionally, I think there's a lot to be said, and this is the way to heist operation. We've operated more this way this year. Uh, we want to switch more towards the spread. We've obviously talked about running the ball because it's pretty Essential. I mean, Chaos did it with such success last year. And no knock to play, your playmaking, but you guys have four or five run plays. We knew they were coming. We still could not stop it. You know, that's, that's great. That's when you have that efficiency. It's like if you know, like, if the play's coming and you can't stop it, you know, that's where you're going to see with those good running teams. I and mean, that's going to get you to the next level. But uh, I feel like with our team strengths, we were a little bit lighter at line. So we understood that we need to – play more to spread and you know sometimes I can come to get you. They can the boogeyman can come to get you when you're rushing four and there's three linemen. If your lineback back doesn't know what they're doing, obviously. It's, and it's hard for me playing that way too, but I feel like I'm a very good pass blocker. Uh maybe my run blocking could use the work, but you can look at the film, I don't let up a lot of sacks. Well I've been known for when I played in high school. I don't let up sacks. That's one of my biggest things and it bugs me so much. Uh, it's really hard when you have a QB like Harrison. You know, Harrison and Darrell are very close friends to me, I'd say. With uh, Harrison, i played with him so long, I could tell you, in my head, I can tell you when the ball is going to be released before he even releases it. He's got about a four- to five-second drop. Uh, and I understand that ball gets off. I know that anything past that, but I know that pressure is going to be coming. You know, so... Uh, there's a lot to be said about the dynamic offenses and stuff and I feel like I feel like chaos and heist really set the standard in our division for it. heist is the passer and chaos is the run it down your throat.
1: And now the chaos and the heist become even more entwined now with the hiring of Skylar Hurd. Could you are you able to speak more on that?
2: You no, know, and I'm gonna give Brent his props and this so is probably gonna make him smile ear to ear. When you have two guys that did what they did in the first year and going all the way to the championship, you know you sort of evaluate what you do. Because obviously, I felt coming into the season, you know, we thought we were the top team, and we got humbled real quick in our first game. You know, and that, that was a point move for us in our second game, where it was a very close game. I mean, thriller. But you want part of that success. That's what you want. You want to bring in people that have done successful things. And, you know, I don't know the full chemistry of what happened back on there. I'm sure that Brent could tell me more of it. But, you know, Skyler was part of a very successful team, and we want him to bring that success for us, regardless of personal opinion. I think that it is something that he could do. 100%. And, you know,
0: everyone keeps asking me how you feel about Skyler. I wish him the best of luck. but I will say this. If he really thinks, I don't know exactly what he's doing at the heist, but if he really thinks he's going to run that vanilla-ass, simple-ass offense, and I'm not going to stop it, he's got some shit coming. That's all i got to say.
2: Well, at the end of the day, you wake up, right, and you always do one thing, and it's the way it works for you guys. If you can do five things just really well in the football field, you can do them efficiently. it Doesn't matter what you run. Sometimes, everything yeah. just can't be stopped. I mean, look at it this way: we put five in the box against you guys, and you know, I like to view myself as a free football smart person. Five in the box every play, every day of first game. He still probably ran three hundred yards on us. You know, that's just you know. athletes at that point in my. That's just my opinion. That's just athletes at that point. Two really good teams. I feel like sometimes it just comes down to the athletes. You know, it comes no. down to you guys making the big plays. You know. We know what's coming. Yeah, for football players. I mean, going up against Tev, Minji, Mike Mines, give them a lot of respect. But I look forward to those matchups because sometimes I know Mike Mines probably watches film. He probably knows about 60% of our run plays are going to come off my ass. they are going to come between that B and C. gap. Yeah, he knows that. And he knows we're going to have to go against each other the whole damn game. And that's what I love. I love that, that one-on-one. It's like it's me versus you, man. You know, and Sometimes he's gotten the better of me. Sometimes I've gotten the better of him. But then you go against those athletes like Tev, Mines—that uh, I, I live for that.
0: Yeah, and they—they they do too. They like the one thing I can give all three of our teams is we're not afraid of competition. You know, whether we lose, whether we win, we're we're gonna go out there and we're gonna you know bust our ass. Uh, one thing I do want to kind of side note on is uh. I would like to say that Robert Minji is coming back to play this year for the Sin City Chaos. Um, He wasn't going to play. He was just going to help me coach. Uh, But with that being said, uh, viewers, listeners as well, if you guys could please say a prayer, whatever you guys do, for Robert Minji's dad. uh, He is currently battling uh, bladder cancer. And uh, they just removed 10, 10 cancerous tumors off his bladder, and they are basically waiting to see if any more out. So uh, sidetrack of all that, Josh. Let's get to the meat and bones of this.
2: Brent, Brent, Brent uh, please, before we move on, please let our team know, uh, obviously, I have my personal information if there's anything that we can do to help him through that tough time. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, obviously, I'll sounds. say frequently fuck cancer. Uh, we've all lost somebody from and If there's anything that we
3: can do as an organization, I'll make sure to spread to the guys in future. Something we can do to help. I appreciate
1: that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Us as well, on behalf of the QC Crush.
0: And uh, so, Josh, what's the Covington heist looking like this year, my guy? You
2: know, uh, obviously, it's too early to tell. It's always too early to hoe We have a lot of good prospect guys coming in. 8-Ball, uh, Hayden, Courtney,
1: some good linemen. Hold on. How some about returning linemen. players? Because we've been hearing a little bit that the Seth Chambers is or is not playing this season.
2: Seth Chambers is playing.
1: Okay. God, nice. I love that. Good, good. Glad to see that he's back.
2: Um. Personally. Uh, I think a lot of guys are very excited this year, obviously to go against chaos, obviously to go against some of the newer teams. Uh a lot of talk in the chat, especially from leadership about showing up and accountability. You know, those are things you gotta nail down at the beginning of the year when practicing. You're seeing a lot of it. You're seeing a lot of guys, you know, finally getting their schedules ready, getting things up. Obviously we're in a transition between uh head coaches right now. We got a couple coaches that are on our roster where we have crowned one as the head coach. And that's where a lot of uh, us together, the vet players and captains, are coming together and organizing things. You know, it's, it's a tough transition here. We did a great job. To touch up on that
0: whole coach situation, I uh, actually seen that you guys have been on uh, the three coaches of the Sin City Bucks semi pro organization. Uh, with that being said, how do you think that's that their uh, <clears throat> knowledge and and, uh, you know, years of coaching is going to transform over to the A7FL-style ball that we play.
2: It's always – it's never good to talk about the future without knowing what's going on, for sure. You always want to be mutual. You always want to have room to, in your head for disappointment and improvement. Uh, I think that they're good guys. They seem very knowledgeable of football. I think that it's been proving that it's very hard to come in here and design schemes compared to real football to seven-man I football. It's a completely different scheme from it. That being said, as long as they're dedicating home to the craft, which I believe they are, I don't think that we'll have any problem catching the ball up on it. You know, this is – everybody's ran seven on seven, but it's different having three linemen down instead of five. Can't do as much. And, you know, that's where some of our talent expansion comes into. I think that talent-wise on the offensive line, we were very limited on what we could do because we were very predictable in a run situation where now if we have more talent on our offensive line, it allows the span of what we can do to be different things. Obviously, it's not very whom of a team to uh, run a jet sweep when your right guard's 320 pounds and runs maybe an eight second forty, not a great idea. But this year we have Hayden, who's a very athletic type of guard. Maybe that's something that can be in our arsenal. You know, and that's what they're gonna have to work with. They're gonna have to adjust with skill level, and you gotta line up and do that same shit again. You gotta have toughness, and you sometimes you tell that guy too. He's like, "I'm doing this all day. I'm here all day for it." And some guys, that's just not for them, and I don't blame them. It's mental. It's you good. got a new, like, clamp who
0: gets rocked and then gets back up and barks in your face. It's like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> like, we got to do this again? Come on. Well,
2: that's what, <laughs> that's what I said, man. Like, you get to, like, uh, for a lineman perspective, uh, there was this thing, like a CT study. And I, I hate to play CT, you nobody wants to think about that in non-contact football. Uh, r- linemen, running backs probably get hit maybe about 20 times a game, you know. Quarterbacks from maybe 10 to 15 on a bad day. Uh, Offensive line, defensive line, if you're playing both ways, is getting hit every single time to the head by somebody else, full force to your body. Constant. Play against a guy like Mike Mines or play against a guy like I'm going to have to play against him now, even though he's – he hates – he says he hates me, but he, he, he knows he's one of my best friends, Jake. You know, I'm not to play against a guy like Jake, or I'm not to hit him every time. I told him like I'm not
1: to get creative, dude. By halftime, I'm just gonna fall at your knees. I'm just gonna fall out. I'm gonna grab a leg. And that's the thing. Like that's what uh, these young guys don't understand is like these vets are very crafty in the ways that they can hit you and get you in your pressure points and take you down. I'll never forget um, when we were all gassed down in Florida. It was probably like second or third series. I ran right into a nose tackle. He had all the opportunity in the world to just tackle me and take me down because he was huge and I was running right into him. And instead of doing that, he literally just elbowed me right in the fucking thigh. Oh, God, it hurts so bad. I fucking went down to the ground like instantly. <laughs> it pretty much took me out, gentlemen. I'll never
2: forget when we were playing against you guys. I think we were giving to you guys pretty good. And I don't mean to blow about that, but I think you guys reached a point, too. And you guys put that big-ass lineman to return those kicks. And I sat there, and I was like, how in the hell are we going to take this big-ass dude down? And I'll never forget, 110-pound Mick, they both had his legs on the kickoff return. Mick just jumps up like a, like almost like a Superman punch, and just grabs the dude. From, like, five feet away, makes us say, fuck it, and just go dive from, like, five yards away in this dude. They both have his legs, and just wrangling them down. I mean, a <laughs> six-foot man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Man. It's like, Ju, we let Jew get away, unfortunately. Uh, I believe that he's a member of the chaos this season, or at least it seems that way. But, uh, yeah, when, what, what other opportunity are you going to let a big man return a kickoff like that? <laughs> So get this, we're looking towards uh, the future of the, the heist and the organization. It sounds as if you guys are, are starting to get into practices. You guys are starting to assimilate a team. Everyone's getting the schedule going. You got about 60 days to get prepared. And, um, well, now that I have the schedule up, how about we just go through it? So we're looking at the Covington heist, the new look Covington heist. I'm digging it, by the way. So it looks as if you're opening up your season on March 24th, and you guys are playing the Indy Octane. So what are you guys expecting to see out of uh, the the first uh, the first team on your ticket uh, for this season?
2: Uh, it's unpredictable, as always. I won't sit there and dissing our organization what they done, and nothing about them. Uh, that being said. I think that they need to take a cold look at what happened in Columbus last year with the chaos and the heites in the town. Uh, very obviously prepared organizations. Uh, you know that we play, we've built a brand of football here in Cincinnati. I'm sure that we all take pride for it. We're not as big as Baltimore or Vegas, but we're mean. You know, that's, that's one of our slogans. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't care for anybody in Vegas or Baltimore. If you're listening right now, seriously, go fuck yourself. I don't, I don't like any of the teams out there. I think they're all, <laughs> they're all talkers. I think they give us so much hate when they're announcers. I honestly hate both sides. Wow. that's
3: I, fucking I great. The
2: Even the announcers from the chaos when they're playing Vegas, they were so biased. Like the announcers talking, talking crap shit about us I'm
0: in like, the game. I'm like, like, y'all still gotta fucking commentate, man. Like
2: you don't see NFL teams or college teams sitting there, like. This team's just got all of them. Yeah. They can't. In Baltimore, you know you know why people talk shit And it comes down to it? It's a fear sometimes, I feel like. I feel like a lot of people, it's not all the time, but talk shit out of fear. You know, if you feel like you have to trash our teams because you think your team is so much better, you got a rude awakening coming, buddy. I mean, even then, we go down to Florida and we get these refs, and I'm sure you saw in Columbus that barely know the rule books, you know, they barely got guys shown on the field. They got guys shown on the field 10, 15 minutes before. None of our guys in Cincinnati do that. That's yeah. not proper, right? I'm sure none of the guys in Vegas do that, too. So, you know, to get disrespect and get disrespected by, a, you know, it wasn't even my team. You know, it's a chaos the team. But see them get disrespected by an announcer who's supposed to be an initial a neutral force, that just tells me it's like, dude, I can't. I want to travel back to Baltimore. You, know, you got to beat us when we were fresh, sure. All right, you got to beat us when we were fresh. So, you know, maybe, and maybe it will us, I don't know. But I would like to go out there and just, you know, play Snowtrap and Just punch them right in the mouth. Yeah. You know, that, and that's why I think we're going to go to Indy, too. We're going to go with that introduction. It's like, nobody was easy on us when we started.
1: You're exactly right. And, um, you know, that, you know nobody showed us the way how to play yeah. A7s. We had to figure out on our own. Um, And we did have luck early. We had luck hosting teams in from out of state. We didn't travel well. And then, obviously, you get into the second year, and instead of them sending the Cincinnati division teams to play with the big dogs, we all beat up on each other, and then Chaos won the gauntlet, and then they played the best of the West Coast division, which they did travel very well. Um. But with that being said, as the different things that you're looking at at travel, I could be wrong, but let's see. So you have – oh, so you do have two away games. All right, so that makes sense. So uh, Indianapolis Octane at Covington Heist, March 24th at 4 p.m. Then your very next game, you're going to be playing the QC Crush. On April 7th, 2024 at 1 p.m. Then we're rounding off at April 14th. You're going to be hosting. No, you will be at Columbus Whitehall Yearling High School. To play the Columbus Explorers at 7 p.m. for a night game. Then April 21st, 2024. 4 p.m. at Woodward. Sin City Chaos versus Covington Heist. April 29th. 4 p.m. at Columbus Whitehall Yearling High School. You'll be playing the Linden Guard Dogs at 4 p.m. May 5th, your last final season game. The Olentangy Volunt- 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 Vol- Volcanoes come into town, and they're going to be playing you at 4 p.m. So we're going to go ahead and just crown all them out-of-town games. Dubs, right? Is that kind of the mentality that you're at? Let's see. You host Olin Tangy. You go to Linden, which is Columbus. And then you go to Columbus again for the Explorers, but then you host Indy. Sure,
2: Brent gets it. Was so those Columbus and those Indianapolis guys, they're like the little brothers. You can't let your little brother punk you. Getting just the league, you know, it doesn't matter how old your little brother is. It doesn't matter if it's 15 and 7. your old brother tries to get to work on Xbox, you're going to you beat yeah. the shit out on Modern Warfare 2, right? <laughs> I can't even lie to you. When we play indie... Yes, that's, that's
0: all I got to say, man. When we play indie, ah, man, we're going to either make or break them. Let's just put it
2: that way. Can, can can I can I take it back? I, I don't mean to sidetrack. I really just want to understand the story. And, you know, because it's been a lot of me talking shit about these teams. And you guys can tell I don't feel kindly about Baltimore and Florida. By the way, Brent, whoever is that buddy boy that does podcasts for you guys, I think he's from Florida. He's always commenting. Uh, you know who it is? He shares Facebook posts all the time. Pilots. Huh? You're talking about Tyler's? Maybe. It's Inside one of those guys. Line. I want to make it very clear. I don't like him either. Out to line. Don't ever, don't ever talk to me ever in a serious format. You are an <laughs> idiot. <I> don't <laughs>
1: don't <make sense>. Oh <laughs> man. Um, That's a nice spicy yeah. take there.
2: I do not like him at all. I think that shit. He always gives us like biased scores. Like he posted that scrimmage. Which me and you both know. I think it was like a close run scrimmage. I think it was like 14 to 14 the way we were running the scrimmage. And he posted some stupid shit. And even you said it was stupid. It was like 32 to 14 chaos wins. I'm like, dude, it wasn't even scored.
1: And oh, yeah. How about our boy Milk who ran up uh, 49 to fucking 6 chaos versus crush this spring. Oh, man. 2 plus 2 Maybe equals 4. Yeah. Last time I checked. <laughs>
2: Maybe, maybe that's the guy. Maybe this guy, like, I don't know what type of football you're watching. He you must have the Quidditch scores or some shit, because that's not a real football standard. <laughs> you know, like, this has no clue in the situation, but, and I know it's your boy, man, but my God, I can't stand that. Show a little bit of respect. You know, don't, don't lie on shit you don't know hey, about. Hey, he's just media, bro. That's all
0: it is. Media is media. Uh, on to the, the milk conversation a little bit. That man's gonna struggle on Vegas, brother. Oh my
1: god! Well, see, they don't even have a fall team because they're probably gonna get assimilated. They had a short roster to begin with, and then they're probably gonna be assimilated from one of the other teams that haven't since claimed. So, was it like the Hunters? Don't don't have a team yet. It's he's he's gonna he's gonna have a very very tough schedule against very good talent, uh, t- very good talented teams. The Insomniacs, over the top, um and sick with it, I would say they're all going to have very, very good rosters this season. I agree with
3: that.
1: And that's also to double down on something that may or may not have been hit in the last podcast, and we did kind of brush over lightly. You know, Derek Duncan... uh uh, is using, uh, and I believe that he's using his, um, uh, he's using his assets in a very good way um, in order to help promote not only uh, the brand on a level at the Las Vegas, in the Nevada and California areas, but also on a national scale. Um, they have definitely taken the league by storm. And I would definitely say there's a lot that can be said as to how he's running his division and also, obviously, how Joseph is running our division as to, like, it would be like a gold standard comparative to, um, and it may or may not have been a spoof joke or not, but who did the GoFundMe for the tents for A7FL Florida? I mean, oh man, that was fucking great. That, That was awesome. Um that was a pretty awesome stop. And then nobody donated. <laughs> I hate them. That's tough. <laughs> um, but no, as for like, yeah, I mean, I know all too well myself how shitty it is down there and how hot it can be. But go I'm sorry, go on, gentlemen. No, no, you're fine. you're fine, you
3: forgot
1: so I, kind of, kind of tell, I could kind of tell they were kind of getting on Corey a little bit pretty early on in that episode, but Corey's a good sport. He was able to handle it well. Even They even had a big Rob call in, too, and they were kind of thinking that um, the BIC uh, now with uh, – so is it the BIC is going to be adding um, Mark Bagway this season? Mark Bagway. Pretty crazy to think that. And then Quatrell Huff is leaving Silk City, coming back to the U. Um, And he was kind of saying the simulation and the forming of those two super teams, um, does that leave the Watchmen behind in the dust coming out of that Eastern uh, division? What do you guys think?
2: You've never watched Mark Bagway play. Oh, I've
1: seen it. I've seen it live. I don't want to like, more than once. Sorry. Say again. I'm sorry. I've seen it live more than once. I had to be a witness the first time, and then the second time I was lucky enough to be a bystander.
2: There is a. There's a lot of terms that I not only I don't mean to. I'm not going. Meat ride, no man. But that guy's special. That really is. He brings up some him him himself. Bring something special to the team, and BIC where you already have a star-studded roster, uh, that would definitely put them as my favorites to go out and win that division and leave the Watchmen behind. Yes.
0: See, I, I don't really know because I haven't really heard too much about the Watchmen yet this off season, But I will say, uh, my favorites coming out of the East is definitely Patterson. You, I, uh, you know, I, I think BIC are really making a strong team. But I think Huff coming back to the to the U is really gonna really gonna get some shit going for them. Uh, you know, Huff being this this past
3: season's MVP, I,
1: know, I believe he is the goat. In the ten years of the league, he is the gold standard. He is the Brady of this order, yeah, or of this he
0: league. He is the gold standard of an A seven fl quarterback, and I think having that on your team is it's going to be crazy i'm so i'll be honest boys i'm so excited to see where the season goes uh, not only in our division but just in all the other divisions as well like are the insomniacs going to remain unbeaten who the fuck's going to beat the Insomniacs? Yep.
1: Yeah. and i did hear that they slightly uh reconfigured exactly how they're going to be breaking these teams off um seems as if I hope not, but it seems as if it's going to be the same situation for us as to where we get to fight our way out of our bubble and then go get to play teams in the other divisions. Um, How do you guys feel about possibly the league in the 2025 season developing into regular season games out of your division? What, What do you guys think about that? Is it good? Or is it bad because of traveling and things of that uh, nature?
0: I think it's needed. Like I, I think it's needed because, you know, each division plays different style football to where, you know, Cincinnati is more of a defensive smack in your mouth, you know, football. Compared to, you know, Vegas is more of an offensive style football. Jersey is – I'd say Jersey's just kind of rough around the edges on everything. Uh, and then Florida is definitely an offensive first division, in my opinion. And I I definitely definitely um, think that it's – I think it's needed, man. Like, I think we need to experience all different styles of how this league and game is played, and uh, the only way to do that is to play two.
1: And it creates uh, and it creates I mean, less arguments there. because there is a litmus test as to oh well these guys played the U, oh well these guys played the U as well, or like oh these guys played the Nova Charge, and then oh well the Crush played the Nova Charge. Which um, I'm all I'm all about uh, battle of the transitive verbs. If the Nova Charge wants to meet us in Morgantown, West Virginia, we're we'll be ready for you. You guys, you guys, you guys, come on out. We'll host you. But but with that being said, though, let's let's move into um the the differences between the semi-pro organizations that are local to us compared to uh, like obviously the league that we play in. All three play in the A7FL. The the fact that there is a prize cash incentive involved, the the also the ability to be able to travel to different places, whether it be Uh, Vegas, Baltimore, Florida, um, and it just so happens to be we are lucky enough to play the national championship right here in Cincinnati, Ohio this season. Um, Why would somebody put the pads down and come over to the A7 side of things? Josh, you first. Well, to
2: be honest, man, I feel like... uh um, to be honest with you, man. It comes down to that. You know, I'm I'm actually taking part with a semi-pro organization this year, the Wolfpack, and they seem very organized. You know that, that I feel like that is a rarity between semi-pro teams. I feel like it is so much money to get people to pay money for pads, pay money for Join joining these organizations and create your own schedule with other organizations if you're not in the league. And then just getting nothing out of it, whereas you come into ACNFL, it's a very motivated organization with a good parent group that supports you. A shout-out to Joseph Perez and, uh, you know, Aldrin is doing a really good job in helping to manage the league and helping us develop teams. Uh, you know, we came into an organization where the refs, you know, have been improving, they've been doing better since the Cincinnati Division,
1: you're
2: going to come to an organized product because you get you get what you put into it. And as far as I'm concerned, name a semi-pro organization that's been operating longer than 30 years, with at least scrapping one or two years. You can't because it's so inconsistent. And I guarantee you the NFL is not going to scrap in the next 10 years. They're going to keep on going. They've been doing well. The life goes on. You know, semi-pro, is not like that. Life goes on here as competitive. There's a prize. There's something to work towards. Semi-pro is just not. Yep. And scouting. I mean, I mean like, scouting is way better than a if you're trying to go pro than semi-pro. Sorry, it just
1: is. Well, that's the thing is where this is a stepping stone to the AFL. This is also a stepping stone to the combine as well. Uh, we have been told that. Different organizations within the A7FL, and I am allowed to say this information now, are going to be sending players to the national combine in Indianapolis this spring. Um, I haven't seen a lot of guys leave semi, like leave the local semi pro organizations, and maybe it's because I am blind to the facts, but I haven't seen a lot of those guys leave and then go get a salaried football position. Um, Usually, this is like a final stopping point no, for a lot of those players, right?
3: When,
0: and what I can say is, you know, one one reason, one reason why I would take off the pads and play in this is, well, really a few reasons. One, uh, you know, it's been proven by top of the line of doctors that this shit is a lot safer for you than padded. Uh, two, the the viewership, the opportunity to get your name out there is unlike any semi-pro organization, league, anything that I have seen. I mean, fuck, boys. We're literally in partnership with the Arena Football League. Like, you know.
1: It's a big step.
0: You don't get Your games aren't on, on your games aren't filmed every single weekend. You know, there's. A lot of opportunity that this league has that, you know, people just don't, I don't know. They just don't want to commit to it. And what's crazy about it is, you know, like, you know, we were a first team, first-year team last year. And I've had a couple players on my team, uh, Hope and Clamp. They got offers to go play overseas before the season was even over. And it's like, you know, Clamp been playing semi-pro for, say, like eight years now. Never got that opportunity or shot doing that shit. But then, you, you know, Pope been playing, I'd say, about three, maybe four years. Plays A7FL one year, 100, posts three three or four A7 videos, 150K followers on Instagram, 50K uh, followers on TikTok. Like, he's, he's blowing up because of this league. And, you know, I think that it's nice that we have a opportunity to put guys in that situation. But you know the problem is, is you can't uh, can't force these guys to take it, and that, that's the main problem I have. But I would say that the A7FL, just in the ten seasons that it's been around, have are levels levels above what these semi-pro organizations
1: are. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. We're yeah. more likely to absorb another one of these leagues and make them a part of us rather than the other. I mean this is like a nationally known brand. They're all great organizations for leagues, but at, I don't believe that they have the best film. They don't really make their film as accessible as it should be. They lack the ability to promote players maybe just because there's a lot going on at once. And that's no a direct shot at anyone in Individually, but that's just how exactly how it's going. Exactly as to the fact that you said Brent, someone posts four fucking videos on Instagram and he gets overseas offers. He's been playing in that league for three or four years. So,
3: sorry,
2: um, upper leadership structure too. You know, going into this, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like our teams communicate very well with each other. We have a commissioner who's very commutative. I mean, we can we coordinate scrimmages between each other all the times. Sometimes we give each other players information as so they're departing the team, so they want to go to another team. You know, help get players the rosters and help fill out rosters. Uh, you know, some teams aren't in, c- in cahoots with that, but, you know, our commissioner has an equal mind for every team. We're a semi It's very much. It's like your organization, you're for yourself. Good luck, buddy, if you scrap a well we're with us, you know that brotherhood you have between coaches. You, you know, I, I have a lot of faith that the K.I. or even our organization level, that team will try to step into high schools about to scrap for some reason. Be like, hey, what the going on here? our schedule, we need you to step it up. We need you to get organized. Like, it just, just wouldn't be okay if a
3: team no-shows in this league. But oh, like, yeah. It wouldn't happen. Brent would be knocking on our door. He'd be knocking on my door. I mean, he's like, hey,
0: he came and played. played I'm team. seven dudes. You know, they've the given up is in our is in our vocabulary, and I will I will say, you know, kind of to add on to that is, uh, you know, I I will say us as a division, we all for the most part communicate pretty well with each other. Uh, you know, we're all we're all not going to get stronger as a division, as teams, as individuals, if we don't you know have that uh, camaraderie around because. You know, at the end of the day, uh, iron sharp is iron, you know, and that's why not this the heist, but I've been asking the heist since November 22nd if they want to scrimmage just so we can see where our teams are. And then I get told I'm capping, and then I pull up my receipts and I get crickets. And it's like, how am I supposed to get better? How are the heist supposed to get better? How are the crush supposed to get better if we don't scrimmage? Saving so out one half <laughs> man. <laughs> That one, well,
1: yes, no. On that one. Well, yeah, we're, we got a hypothetical uh, scrimmage possibly set up. Um, hopefully, everything gets worked out. There's definitely some details that need to be done and finalized. But I I'm hoping that we can. A day. I'm hoping we can squeeze in one more with everybody to be there. Uh, this uh, this up and coming month of February. So hopefully everything works out. from I don't know
2: if the future for me is planning or being some sort of administrative level. I've always thought about announcing or being, uh, like, an assistant coach. You know, that was all I was supposed to do was the heist and just being an offensive line coach. And I've always sort of wanted to go back to the helping organizations grow. You know, it's, I think I, I love to heist. Though. I have so much loyalty for him. That's the problem. It's like, I can't so believe Are we hearing that 2025 Josh Mainstreet is going to start the Sevens?
1: God no. Oh, <laughs> man, that would be epic.
2: I would take a slow button and then roll us the heist before. You know, I, I believe that shit, man. I love the heist. I love everybody on the heist. I love people, my brothers. But, I mean, you know, it's like a,
3: getting
2: – like I said, you take all those hits every day, man, and you're like, you think about how nice it would be to be you up Wake up, up on a Monday and of all Out of his jacket, just watch the coaches in football. You know what I Instead of being on the field in some uniform that they made way too tight to shows my kidney, <laughs> unless I friends some
0: others, and you know, you're screaming up and down the field and running and fucking. Man, I'm getting done with the game. I'm over here sore, like I just played a football game. I'm like, God damn, man. Like, yeah,
1: maybe it's best if you just want to retire to just just walk into the sunset. <laughs> this is just gonna keep your blood pressure going, brother. <laughs> God, I swear. I'm on verge of heart attack every game. <laughs> Game's over. I'm like, all right, what's up, boys? <laughs> like,
2: This last year was actually supposed to be my uh, retirement year. They talked me out. I'm sure you saw a little bit of the emotion I had in the last game. Yep. Uh, you know, very emotional. So I thought it was my my last game. I took a really hard hit. I had a pretty bad concussion at the end. of the day. I thought that was like, that was it. You know, like my wife was pretty much just like, ask me not to play this year, but dude, like I can't. I love this team. I'll, I'll show up till I can do it. And in the morning, I can't do it, and someone replaces me. I'm gonna be involved in some, some other way. Like I said, I love this
1: shit, man. It's funny that nothing you say that because that. you're looking at this year being year 2024. Developing a lot,
2: and you kudos. if you're not following what Brent Smothers is doing right now, if you're not following what. They're doing in Vegas right now, you are already behind the curve. And to see that develop and to see that stuff develop so rapidly. And now we're suddenly starting to get a bigger linemen, you know. I, I hope that I don't I don't have to play and go out there, but I will. And you think that I'm gonna want cry about it, I will. I will be the meanest, nastiest dude on the field, but you know. I just it would be nice to create a day one day where I can just go in. I don't have to have my wife calling me. Fifty times the same game. Watching, it. it's like, "Are you okay?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> you know, Tev's just an idiot. one time, it's like, "Oh yeah, He's like, we're all cool." He's like, "How are you even cool with people like that?" Or they try to take your head off. And I'm like, "Man, like I just—it's a brotherhood." <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't, you don't get that. It's all that emotion in my last game because I really did play like, with everything that I had in that last game. And I thought that was it, man. Like. I can't let it go. I can't let it go till I get a ring. This, the hardest thing for me is I can't let it go till I get a ring. And that's, that's the only thing I got to tell my like,
3: yes.
1: I know, right? Should have had one made for myself.
3: You guys are all one. like, you guys are all one. Like, <laughs> Participation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's family, fucking we're like, great. We're doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> that's how I like. That's how I feel when I see dudes who like have like twenty fucking rings, well, and that's it's what, like
2: I'm glad that we could get here. Cause the one thing that I would give you guys kudos for is, as much as I've argued with you guys, talk shit with Brent, you on the field, where it's you know it's been vile, it's been vile. Uh, you know that we can all sit down, side the eyes, and we can. This this is Cincinnati. That's what brings me pride. This is Cincinnati. This is not Florida hosting a goddamn podcast and bringing up all some bullshit and making up invisible stores. Seventy-seven point five to five chaos wins. This is this is Cincinnati. This is pure Cincinnati. This is our this is our time. This is you know fuck Baltimore, fuck Vegas, fuck Florida. I don't want to play in a sandbox again. Uh, you know. This is us, and that's, that's something I'm proud of, I will say that. I'm proud of everybody for it. That this is us. This is 100% us. Now it's our time. Yeah, you're this
1: absolutely right. Team. It awesome. all starts right here, man. We're helping giving these young guys and these older vets like you and I a voice, uh, a voice that we're able to display our message not only to the guys that are listening in our league but also the prospective fans and guys that are looking on the outside and thinking that they want to be a part of it. If you were thinking at one point in time that the A7FL is for you, then I would highly recommend doing some research, trying to become a part of one of these three great teams in the Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky region. In uh, Josh's team with the Covington Heist, please get in contact with him, obviously with me, with the QC Crush, as well as Coach Bird and then obviously with uh, Coach Brent Smothers as well as for the Sin City Chaos. Anybody's interested in any information regarding the league, how to become a part of a team, is it too late to join a team, how do I view the games, how is it that I'm able to get there, can my baby sister's mama come to the game with me? All of those questions can be answered by us. We're more than happy to do that for you. So with that being um. said, we are starting to get that to that point in our show where we're starting to get to the end. So I just want to give a quick couple of minutes to Josh, and I'd like for you to tell me what you're looking forward to uh, this upcoming A7FL season. And uh, go ahead and give it to me straight, man. How do, you, how do you think that you're going to fare out in the regular season as well?
2: I don't. I don't do defend But uh, uh, that being said, I did all this talk about me right into the sunset. I'm this old vet now apparently. You know, that the hell's words and their was old. I ain't never gonna say I'm old, I may be here. <laughs> but if you think for one second that I've softened up, if you think you're a D tackle and you think that I'm softened up, that you're not gonna come in here and you're not gonna I'm gonna try to knock your teeth down your drivery plate. That's not what I'm gathering. You know, paying my respects, I'm giving you due. You know, you come through me to get to that hunt, heist offense. And that's what it's going to be. You're going to come through me, whether you like it or not, and I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to go after you. And that's the motto of the heist, man. We're going to go after you. You know, whatever, we lost last year to the chaos, okay, big wolf, whatever, I'm not I'm not scaring, I'm not baring my teeth a little bit. I'm going to go after you, and if you think that that's not what's going to come to you, you think that's not going to come to you Indianapolis, Columbus, you think that I'm going to welcome you into the league and smile you know I'm not. I'm going to play mean, physical brand of football because that's what I know how to do. I'm going to try to put you on your ass every play. I'm going to embarrass you in front of everybody that's watching. That's my whole goal. My whole goal is to tear you down and we can be friends afterwards. But do do not take this for one second as weakness because I swear I will come after you
1: and I will try to embarrass you in front of everybody you love on camera. Yep. I do not give a shit. You're exactly right. That's exactly how this league is played, man. That's exactly how this division is. It's tough. Cutthroat. But you are a staple of this division, sir. And I, we would like for you to be a reoccurring member of this podcast as a guest host, player, interviewers, uh, however it is that you'd like to do it. Um, but we would always love for you to be our liaison with the heist. So as, uh, as we bid you further ado, my name is Dale Hathaway, I'm here with Josh Vanstreen as well as Brent Smothers, and we're signing out from Unscripted Cincy, you guys have a great rest of your evening.
3: And bring the chaos. Nice stuff.